This is Paul. This is Wayne. Well, hey guys, we are recording on Memorial Day weekend. Super exciting. We don't take the day off. Well, I, I'm taking Monday off. Oh. So, yeah. Well, I mean, from podcasting. I mean, we take six days a week off from podcasting, so I guess it doesn't really count. <laughs> Sometimes longer. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Sometimes you guys record a Star Trek and you only take five days off. Fair. That's true. Fair. That's Fair. True. Fair. I, I wish my my day job was more like that. Sometimes <laughs> I record on a... Sometimes I go to work on a Thursday night. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, we uh, we we had a, a couple things we wanted to talk about this week in relation to comics and news and things like that, but it all got shuffled to the side because it's been a big, big Batman news week. Bat news. I feel like we need a ticker. Na 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 na. Bat news. That, that's how we should have intro the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, big news this week. Uh, since the last time we recorded, uh, they have announced that, well, everyone's focused on the fact that Robert Pattinson is in the running uh, for the new The Batman, direct, written and directed by Matt Reeves. He's in the running, and that's not a done deal. With all the all the art I've seen on uh, online, I just assumed that was a done deal. Well, I, you know, it, it, apparently it's down to two actors. It's between him and Nicholas Holt. Um, Nicholas Who's Holt. Nicholas Holt? He plays Beast in the X-Men movies, uh, the oh. most recent X-Men movies. He's also, yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays Tolkien in that new Tolkien movie. Um, everyone's pretty much saying that the Robert Pattinson thing is a done deal, but the inside sources is, are that it's still, you know, it's down to those two. I thought it was a done deal because people were losing their minds and starting petitions and bitching. Yeah, well, that's people what people are do. stupid. <laughs> that's <laughs> what people do. The same people who are, you know, essentially right now putting together a freaking, um, what do you call those things? Where ever, p- uh, petition, petition to redo season eight of Game of Thrones because that ever works. Um, well, you know, <laughs> what I loved was the was the way that was written is, you know, uh, before the the Game of Thrones finale ended or aired, over five hundred thousand people signed a petition stating, you know, that HBO should reshoot the entire last season with, and I quote, competent writers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that tickled me. Well, and you know, it's funny I, I, they talked to the guy. Um... Who's the author of that Benny, series? George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin. He's like, yeah, it's pretty much where I was going to go, where, I, where I'm going with the story. I just have like 2,000 pages versus eight hours. So, but, you know, the main story beats are generally the same. <laughs> so, you know, I, it, it is what it is. But anyway, that's not, you know, people just bitch about bitching for bitching's sake. Um, but, you know, I got to say, I'm not opposed to Robert Pattinson playing Batman. Is he going to bring his glitter effects with him? I will hope. We can only hope. It can't be any worse than cross-eyed Batman Val Kilmer. Or, or, or not even really Batman George Clooney, or nipples Clooney. <laughs> Clooney. Yeah. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Coming off of the Ben Affleck high, um, I, you know, I, I, and I know not many people loved Ben Affleck as Batman. I thought he I was did. fantastic. I thought he was great. He looked you know, straight out of the comic book for me. Yeah. It's funny. People now are complaining about that, but after you know, after Batman versus Superman, everyone was saying he was the best part of the movie. Now, though, now that he's not Batman anymore, suddenly people have changed their story. I hate this revisionist fandom that we see. Well, I think what we're 
seeing right now is backlash because Batman's role was Ben Affleck's to lose and he screwed it all up with between his alcoholism and his marriage and, you know, all that stuff. I think Ben Affleck is the reason that Ben Affleck isn't Batman. I don't think it's so, you know, anything right. else. So, but it, so it was not his performance, though. His no. performance was good. Are you saying that alcoholism is a disqualifier to be a movie star? I, I'm saying it's a disqualifier from being Batman. <laughs> it's a plus for Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but no, I thought, um, you know, I loved Ben Affleck. And I got to say, you know, Robert Pattinson, I have only seen Twilight, I will say. But um, I know he's been in other films and people are generally fond of his acting outside of Twilight. I think he has the right look for it now, more so than, he, you know, Twilight was at this point 10 years ago. So I can only, you know, if I held Ben Affleck to the standards that I held him 10 years ago, we'd be seeing, you know, Ben Affleck straight out of dogma playing Batman. So, you know, I, I think oh, Robert Pattinson has the right look. Yeah, I, yeah, I've never seen uh, Robert Pattinson in anything because I, I, I never saw the Twilight movies. But, uh, you know, so I, I, I only know to uh, make fun of him by social media. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a broody middle, you know, at this point, you know, probably mid 30s white man. Like, what else do you need for Batman? You know, just stick him in the gym for six months and you have Batman. And starve him a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but um, well, yeah, we'll see. I, you know, I, I, I hate that Ben Affleck's leaving. I, I thought Ben Affleck was a perfect casting, and uh, uh, I, I, I have never subscribed to all the Ben Affleck hate. Um, you know, he, he has been the victim of that. You know, back when uh, um, he, Jennifer Lopez, is yeah. that who he was mm -hmm. dating? I mean, you know, back during all of the, you know, then that horrible movie that they made with Kevin Smith. Um, um, yeah, I don't even remember what that was. Oh, Jersey, uh, Jersey Girl. Girl. Jersey yeah. Girl. Yeah. Um, but I, I've never subscribed to that. I think that he's made some some poor movie choices. Yeah. But I've always thought that Flick was an awfully talented guy, and I've always enjoyed seeing him on the screen. So um, I, I, I kind of hate that. I, I hate yeah. that he's lost that. And, and I hate that we're having to – we continue to re-sculpt the DC Universe because they can't get their shit together in yeah. terms of uh, making a – a cinematic universe. Well, and you know what yeah. I find most frustrating about that is that supposedly Jeff Johns is, is a pretty big part of it. And I don't yeah. know if his hands are tied or what, but why? I mean, I have a lot of faith in Jeff John. Why right. can't he get it? Yeah. It's got to be something. It's got to be, you know, thing like some type of relationship between him and Warner Brothers as a whole, because, man, they just can't get this right. And, you know, even even if they had just let Zack Snyder finish his his two movies and then rebooted, at least we would have had one cohesive vision you know Honestly, over a five-year period i think that they should lean into their mistakes and fix their problems in continuity i think that's the mistake they're making is that you know i think most people can agree except for perhaps paul that <laughs> um you know batman versus superman was too dark right um but i think that they could have come out the other side they tried to make Justice League brighter, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, but they did a remarkable job with Wonder Woman and Aquaman in terms of changing the tone and Shazam even. Um, yeah. Shazam was I, very much a not for us, but the tone was dead right. on for what for a bright movie. And I think you just lean into those continuity situations yeah. and 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 continue to solve your problems within the story rather than going, well, that didn't work. Let's try it again. Yeah. You know, at, I, at this point, I find like. Announcements over who's going to be Batman. I don't really care anymore because I've given up on the live action DC stuff. I'm going to focus on the animated stuff because they are doing an incredible job lately with the animated. Well, and property. I got to say, 
you know, at this point, Marvel has wrapped up its Infinity Saga. It's, you know, 10-year Infinity Saga. Now is the time for DC to come in and steal the show, right? It's kind of, you know, because as great as Infinity War and Endgame were, it's a great jumping off point, too. Kind of like right. the Defenders, right? Like, you know, I only watched those those shows leading up to the Defenders because they were leading up to something. Now that the, the whole saga's over, like... I feel like if they release a movie that looks like shit, like The Eternals, which it may look good, but if they release a movie that doesn't look good, I don't necessarily need to see it because it'll, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like the X-Men movies. Like, I don't think I'm, I'm, I don't have an intent of seeing Dark Phoenix in the theater. Um, no. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things that now, it, now it's DC's time where they could really swoop in and, and do something and they just they don't have a cohesive plan that'll you know that that'll invest a fan for the long term and it, it yeah. seems like so and i get it it's not as easy as it seems but it really seems easy yeah i i, I don't understand that i mean it, it seems like like you said it seems like it would be easy enough to fix this problem they're having and, you know, maybe it maybe it is an issue between, you know, DC and Warner, um, you know, movie makers versus comic writers yeah. um, trying to get that that stuff together. And, you know, I, I, I do feel like Marvel figured out the secret sauce when they initially when they set up their big writers room, yeah. you know, to, to make yeah. those movies. And, and it feels like DC does not have something comparable. It doesn't feel like there's a consistent yeah. vision. Yeah, it feels like DC. They don't actually realize what's wrong they make the wrong changes mm -hmm. yeah exactly they're like hey you know everyone's like i want to see man of steel too i want to see more ben affleck as batman they're like what you really want is a movie about the trench that's right that's right <laughs> you love because you love jason momoa in aquaman we're gonna give you the trench with no jason momoa yeah. <laughs> what is this? yeah i i said so when i saw that i was like are you fucking kidding me like that's what you're investing your money in? i mean you're you have got a the movies you could possibly make and you're like yeah the trench they have got a bird nest on the ground and they, they they're just pissing it away. I don't get it. Well, you know, so speaking of course correction, uh, you know, also related to DC, also related to Bat. Um, it was a big an, another controversial announcement this week. And I, it wasn't I guess it was kind of an announcement. It just leaked and then was eventually confirmed that Tom King um, has been removed from the main yeah, from the You're main <laughs> Batman title. Uh, you know, we, we had expressed a lot of um distaste for uh -huh. Tom King's work post the non-marriage of Batman and Catwoman in issue 50. And, you know, the, the the titles felt a little very frustrating for us since. And, and apparently, not just to us, but to many readers and, quite frankly, to uh, editor-in-chief of DC Comics, Bob Harris, as well as, you know, the, the bigwigs there, um, they aren't liking Tom King's direction either. And, uh, you know, I think that the straw that broke the camel's back is that Immortal Hulk outsold Batman last month. Um, <laughs> wow. Immortal Hulk issue 11 outsold wow. uh, the bat the main Batman title last month. So they said, you know what? A after the, the City of Bane storyline, which ends in issue 85, uh, which, you know, with a bi-weekly title, it, they've, they've got quite a few in the hopper already. Uh, but after issue 85, Tom King is removed from the main Batman title and will finish his story in a separate title um, called Batman Catwoman with artist Clay Mann, his, his uh, cohort in crime on the Heroes in Crisis. Um, but they'll, they'll, they, but rather than doing it on the main Batman title, because his initial arc was a hundred issues, um, right. but he'll just finish it off 
in this Batman Catwoman series uh, separately, and they'll bring in another team um, to lead up to the Big 100. The big rumor is that um, leading up to the Big 100, there has been uh, a team that was working on a maxi series. That that maxi series will now just be made uh, issues 86 through 99, I guess, of the Batman title. Um, and the rumor is that it's Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. I think it's important to note that this is a pretty big demotion for Tom King yeah. in that uh, it is regarded. And we had, you know, Scott Snyder had a big conversation about this back in the day. But uh, when you're the the writer of Batman, you know, not the writer of Detective Comics, but the writer of the Batman comic, you are, quote, the lead Batman writer. So you really sort of chart the course for Batman across the DC titles. And uh, so he has been shuffled off to the side. And I, I think it's fortunate that they're letting him finish his story. Um, yeah. I think that I think that that's really all they could do, because otherwise you would have had an uproar from people who've been following since for, issue one. Of this for 85 issue damn story. issues. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it, it, I am glad they're letting him finish his story. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's the, the smart decision to take him off of the if, if Batman isn't your number one selling title, then there's an issue. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you've got you've got to be screwing up pretty hard if Batman's not not finishing in the top five. Yeah. You know, uh, Batman, the man who laughs outsold it. Wow. You know, it's it's the... did, did five realms outsell it. <laughs> 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 no, no, that one didn't. You know, I, I'm, I, I I'm, think you may have been the only one that bought that. Well, well there's two of us. <laughs> so so it, bad. It was, fr you know, it's, so it's frustrating that that, that that the title has fallen from grace, considering we loved it so much. But Tom King does have an exclusivity uh, contract with DC, so he is working on other things. Um, you know, he's got his follow-up to Mr. Miracle that hasn't been announced uh, with Mitch Jarrods. Uh, so, they, you know, they have another maxi-series kind of in that similar format that's coming. Um, so we don't know what that is. But in addition to that, he'll now have this uh, Batman Catwoman book. And Clay Mann is a fantastic artist. So... Uh, Tom will, King's a fantastic writer. He just it wasn't it was not uh, what we wanted, no. you know. Well, yeah, and, yeah, and what's amazing is that it was his to lose, kind of like the Ben Affleck scenario, yeah. right? Because he had us all up until Catwoman 50. walked away from from Batman, yeah. right? Uh, and it, he has just been spinning in this cycle. Uh, and man, too many dream issues in the Bane book. Ooh. Yeah, you know, it's cool. really sad when you look at DC right now. Superman was basically destroyed by Bendis. Batman went downhill. Barry Allen and Wally West were both, you know, character assassinated in their in their books. They're not doing so great with some of their, you know, and signature heroes. I know what happened to Wally, but what happened to Barry? Oh, his just year bad. one thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And actually, really we're going to talk about DC at the end of the show when we talk about next week's books, because um, they have quite a number of books coming out next week that are intriguing. And I wouldn't say that Bendis destroyed Superman. Maybe the main destroyed. Superman but I, I, I'm still a fan of his action comic stuff. Um, I, I'm, I'm genuinely enjoying that book. I'm enjoying Superman. I, you know, I know I said I was dropping, but I stayed on, and I'm enjoying Superman. Oh, okay. Ish. Well, maybe I'll see. Maybe I'll see how it is in a, you know, if it's on, Ish. on a sale. Well, like, you know, DC Comics. Does, you know, I don't know when you're going to drop this episode, Paul, but uh, they're having their recent hit sale right now. So you can pick up a lot of their recent stuff for 99 cents on Comixology. So if you're if you're looking to get caught up on something like Superman or Action Comics, uh, one of the other books we're going to talk about today, uh, those those uh, recent issues are are on sale. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in the Memorial Day sale. 
up to 85% off of books. Yeah. Well, you know, in celebration of Memorial, Aaron and I picked up Freedom Fighters. Well, I picked up Freedom Fighters number one. I don't know what issue the series is on right now, um, but I, I picked up issue one. Uh, it was on sale. It's written by Eddie, uh, Robert Venditti, art by Eddie Barrows. And, uh, you know, Aaron, Aaron was like, oh, I'm going to give it a shot. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I used to like the Freedom Fighters, so let me give it a shot. And? Uh, I gotta say, I really like this first issue. Yeah, same um, here. I... I, I bought uh, all six of the first issues. It's a 12-issue maxi-series. Oh. Um, and I bought the first six books again in this sale. Um, and it is an alternative Earth or, or, yeah, an alternate Earth, not an alternative Earth, an alternate Earth where uh, the Nazis won World War II and that uh, America is a uh, Nazi Germany protectorate, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a you know, part of the, the Nazi uh, regime. And there, there are, you know, fascists on every corner and, and they have broken the American dream. In fact, this first issue picks up, you know, in, on 1963 in Dallas, uh, where, the freedom fight, the last of the freedom fighters are killed uh, by the Nazi bad guys. And I'm going to pause um, you right there. Um, yeah. Just because this book surprised me. Yep. Um, in that, you know, it's a DC Comics book. There's no warning on the cover. Uh, not, no, there's, there's no mature content warning on the cover. This book is ultra violent. Yeah. Um, surprisingly violent, especially with the, the way the original Freedom Fighters die. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just genuinely brutal and bloody. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was not anticipating that. Well, and I, I really appreciated the use of Plastic Man mm-hmm. in the book. Yeah. Or I, should I call them the Plastic Men? The Plastic uh, Men. And the, it, it's a double S in plastic for, like, the SS. Yeah. <laughs> um. And it's hard to say that, you know, a book about Nazis winning the war is is fun, but I have to say it was kind of fun. Um, one of the one of the design I think Eddie Barrows, number one, does a brilliant job with the art in this book. Yeah. Um, and if you're not I, familiar I, with Eddie Barrows, he did art on the Earth Two book that we loved uh, a few years back. One, and wasn't he War of the Superman? He was War of the Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was critical of his work in War of the Superman, but I think that what what I disliked about that book is that it seemed very rushed. And if I recall, War of the Superman was weekly. Um, yeah. And I think that was the issue. But he he just is, is does a brilliant job in this book. Plus, I think that he is strongly supported uh, with the inks and the and the uh, colors on this book. I think that uh, when you look at the 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 inks by uh, Aber Fer- Ferreira yeah. and colorist uh, Adriano Lucas, I mean, both of those are just working really strongly with his pencils. And it's a great looking book. Um, I, but I. I I really dig, you know, this first issue sets up, you know, there, there was a resistance in the States up, up until uh, 1963 when the spirit of America, if not, if it doesn't die, it at least goes into a coma. And of course, the character of Uncle Sam from those old Freedom Fighters books is someone who is fueled by the American spirit. And so he disappears, goes goes off the map. And so it's 55 years later and we see this sort of resurgence of American patriotism. And it's a really cool opening, you know, at the end of – I say opening, but it's an opening to that part of the story that concludes this book. I thought it was pretty cool, Paul. 
I've yeah. always loved the Uncle Sam character, even though the whole concept comes off as a bit cheesy. Mm-hmm. It's just he's been a great character. I've really loved reading yeah. him through some books, and I like Freedom Fighters. I just I never jump in on the miniseries because they do a miniseries every couple of years, and mm-hmm. I'll wait until after it's over and then pick it all up and trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will yeah. say I, I genuinely enjoyed the first issue. I will pick up the rest of the issues on sale. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably end up reading this in bulk rather than reading this, um, you know, month over month. But it, it, it the first issue was really a great setup. It's a it is a you know it, it starts off very dark, but you know, like Aaron said, there's an a, an adventurous sense to it, and I I'm hoping that you know it'll pick up in a more um, you know we'll get some more uh, super heroism out of it. But it it certainly you know. Um, it's an intriguing take and, uh, I dug it. Yeah, no, I did too. I, I thought it was super well done. I've already read issue two. Uh, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit and, uh, I expect that I will, uh, finish the first six books this weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's stay over on that side of the world. Um, because Nightcrawler is in East Berlin, um, in, in the new issue of Marvel Comics Presents. Can I say before we we jump way into uh, Marvel Comics Presents mm-hmm. that what is this issue five? Yes, is that right? Um, I have read five issues of this series, and it wasn't until last night that it dawned on me that it's a they're telling decade, every issue. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, the lead story is this thing that Wolverine's got going on where he's tied to this. I, I feel like they presented her as a witch in the first book, but I but now they, they're, they're calling him a family of sorcerers. So she's a magic user. He's tied to her and they are they are linked together with this demo, demon's return every 10 years. And they have to come together fighting and pushing back into hell. And so, you know, we open up in the 40s. And so in the first book, it was just, it was stories all about the 40s. So we had a nice uh, invaders story in that book. Right. And uh, which was right around the time Paul and I read the first issue of Invaders. And then we were talking about and it's kind of cool that these things are, you know, are, are time nice together, yada, yada. But each each time. So we had a 50s book, we had a 60s book, a 70s book. And it, it wasn't until we got to the 80s. I'm like, hey, I see what they're doing. Aaron, it wasn't until you just said it that I saw what they were doing. <laughs> I, I never so caught it. The only one. <laughs> I was going to make comments about how some of the other stories in this, you know, it seems like they're all set further back. Thing. Yeah. The, well, that's why make... Spider-Man was set in the 70s with the, the Star Wars thing in issue four. And yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was going to make comments like these all have to be out of continuity at this point because the time frames like it's Wolverine in the 80s, but you can't really have an adult storm in the 80s anymore. Well, but, one of the things I want to gripe about that is that they, they cut to him hanging out at, uh, you know, at uh, the the Xavier school. Right. And you've got Storm and you've got Nightcrawler, neither of which look like that in 1981. No. And that just really ticked me off. I'm like, you know, if you're going to show them together in 1981 instead of doing doing a revised timeline as we always do i wish that they had been you know photo accurate <laughs> to the period yeah the nightcrawler story i got such a kick out of that with it being an excalibur story not just a nightcrawler right. one right or just an x-men one right exactly it's like, i picked up on one of the sales some of the excalibur book mm-hmm. and have reread some of those lately so it was kind of fresh in my mind and uh I just love that they this uh, series as a whole is picking up on things throughout Marvel history that just nostalgia. 
I guess yeah. is a good way to put it. And that's uh, kind of fun, right? I mean, it, even if it doesn't necessarily fit into the continuity anymore, it's nice to kind of revisit those moments that were that were, uh, you know, really sort of uh, energizing when we were kids. Yeah. And I when I was reading the Wolverine story, the one of the very first things I thought was, well, if Wolverine can't, you know, can't find where this thing's going to show up. Why doesn't he just go to Doctor Strange? And then I turn the next page and he's standing at Doctor Strange's house. Yeah, it's always nice when they think like you do, right? Exactly. This is how I would solve the problem in continuity. And, oh, look, he's solving the problem just like I would in continuity. Yeah, I though I did find the I thought Doctor Strange was a little tone deaf in in the uh, Wolverine story. You know, where he plays a joke on Wolverine because that's in that period, Doctor Strange was not a jokey kind of guy. No. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I didn't care for the Venom story at all. Oh, my God. The Venom story was terrible. Yeah, it was rough. But I, I, I am I, enjoying I was, the Wolverine story. I will say I am, I am genuinely I think the, enjoying that one. I, I love the Wolverine story. Yeah, the Wolverine. I mean, issue to issue, the Wolverine story has has really held up. Uh, and, it's, you know, it's. Go ahead. It's really hard in an anthology book for every story to hit. And I'm finding there's there's about four stories per issue. I'm liking at least three in every one. Mm-hmm. So that's a big win when it comes to an anthology book for me, that I'm liking almost all of the stories. One of them may not be as good as the others, but I don't I don't necessarily think it's not as good as the others. It's just a... Not to my taste most of the right. time. Well, I, I will tell you that one of the stories that it, that really did not land with me, and it was in the previous issue, uh, was the Moon Knight story. And yeah. I, I'm curious as to what Paul thought about that, because I really like the Moon Knight character, and I even like this interpretation of the character. But boy, it didn't land with me. So, Paul, tell me what you thought. You know, I wanted to like it more than I did, uh, especially uh-huh. given that um, the art was beautiful, I thought. there There's a two-page yeah. spread where Moon Knight is fighting his way through um, a hospital, an asylum, I guess, or a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. That's very much done in the style that um, when Warren Ellis was on the book. Right. The Moon Knight uh, miniseries that we enjoyed so much. And I was like, oh, I love this two-page spread. But the story was just, like, the overall story was very lackluster. Um, You know, it it didn't have the impact that I wanted it to. Uh, It it was kind of incoherent. (laughs) Um, You know, like, I know he was trying to solve a mystery, but I didn't really get what the, you know, the mystery was and how it was solved because it's all told in exposition, right? And right. In, the, in the realm of comics, they always say, show, don't tell. This one mm-hmm. was very much like, oh, well, I unraveled the mystery and this is what he did and blah, blah, blah. And none of that's actually shown. And I understand it's a short story, but yeah, it, it just, for me, didn't necessarily work. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad I wasn't alone because I was like, I was like, I wonder if I'm just not in the right headspace for this. I'll now, ask Paul. That was the one story I didn't like in the last issue. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel better now because, you know, sometimes I I, I take a a hard position on a book. I'm like, I wonder if I'm just not in the right place. Do I need to come back to it? And sometimes that's true. But boy, I I really wanted to enjoy that Moon Knight story, particularly since I'm not getting my my, uh, Batman jam on over in the DC books. Uh, And so it's always nice, you know, if if maybe Marvel can give me that that hit that I need. And uh, boy, that was not the case. Before we we jump over to the next topic, I did want to talk for just a moment about the... uh, the sale going on to uh, Marvel Unlimited subscribers over on Comixology. I've really been enjoying the 50% off of everything uh, from Marvel, both new issues, pre-orders, and back issues that we're getting. And I don't know how long this 
sale last. I keep looking to see if uh, if I can determine how long this is going on. But hot damn, I've been pre-ordering like a mofo. Oh, because, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, the, all the pre-orders are half off, and I have pre-ordered a ton of books. <laughs> yeah, because I remember I checked out this week, and uh, I only got three books, and it was under ten dollars. Yeah, because they were all Marvel books. Yeah. Hmm. Good yeah, thing. I. I, I've been looking at trades and and you know okay what's coming out over the next next couple of weeks let me just go ahead and pre-order that crap now because I don't know when this ends I don't believe that it's permanent it would be great if it were but uh, th- they have not published what the effective dates are on this and it's driving me crazy hmm. yeah well. yeah so so if you are a Comicsology uh, Marvel Unlimited subscriber get yourself some because it's a uh, pretty awesome. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look into that, even though I'm not a subscriber, yeah. but it, it would probably pay for itself if I did. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, and you always get a discount on your Marvel books. It's like having a pull list at the comic shop. Yeah. You know? Paul, are you an Amazon Prime subscriber? I am. Then you're a unlimited subscriber. What? Yeah. Really? You yeah. get unlimited with Prime. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Go get it, Paul. Go I'll, get it. I'll, I'll investigate because I, you know, because I see the unlimited pricing, but I don't get the unlimited pricing on my books. How do I do you? When you go to log on to Comicsology, do you log on with your Comicsology log on or your Amazon log on? My Amazon log on. Oh, I do, and it just automatically I get it. Uh, maybe I do. I need to investigate. I'm going to well, investigate. They might just like they might just like when you. That seems unlikely. And I and and well, I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, and they like <laughs> they like Aaron more too. Well, that yeah. I get. I get that. <laughs> so one of our favorite books, when I say our, mine and Paul's, I don't think Wayne was was, was so so jazzed by this book, but but I know Paul and I mm-hmm. have a deep and abiding love for Agents of Atlas. Yes, you know when we when the book was relaunched, uh, featuring Jeff Parker as the the writer, um, we we adored that series um you know it got a bit derailed by uh some of marvel's crossovers at the time of you know i think the last two miniseries were were basically like uh you know tied into the dark avengers and that Mm -hmm. type of you know scenario but up until then we genuinely loved the agents of atlas and if you're not familiar with the agents of atlas you know it's like this what what era like 50s era um you know uh like team but you know reformed for modern times it it featured well and and it was it was originally a, a timely title, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, from Timely Comics. So I mean, this this is actual you know Marvel prehistory in terms of the comic book storytelling. And this was a yeah. it was a a group of characters in the Timely era that then got pulled into the Marvel continuity. Mm-hmm. And you know they did a lot to preserve much of that history with these characters. Yeah, and you know it's characters like uh, Gorilla God, Man. Gorilla Man, Marvel Boy, M33, Namora, and Jimmy Woo. Yeah. And it just just a ton of fun, tons of personality, and it had the Marvel superhero aspect, but also like that classic Indiana Jones adventure feel to it. And right. that's what I love so much about. Well, and you know, the, they're they're fighting their classic villain, the the yellow claw, you mm-hmm. know, which which seems a little tone deaf these days. <laughs> but uh, the it was just fantastic. And it was a it was a world of fun. Jeff Parker is absolutely the writer you want on that book. I mean, he he just did a, a remarkable job. We even interviewed him uh, back in the day twice because we lost to the first interview, um, <laughs> which he chastised us about a lot yeah. in that second interview. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, the book's fantastic, and it has been off the shelves for a good long while. And there was news this week, Paul. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, the Agents of Atlas are returning, um, sort of. So it was announced this week that Greg Pak will be taking the Agents of Atlas in a five-issue limited series that will include the newest iteration of the team, which is uh, kind of an an Asian-American-themed iteration. And I guess not just Asian-American, but actual Asian as well. And so this is going to be Asians of Atlas. Essentially. Um, Amadeus Cho, Silk, Shang-Chi, Wave, Jimmy Woo, and a number of other characters... um, Um, will be featured in the main story. However, there will also be a backup story from Jeff Parker and Carlos Pagualian featuring that classic iteration uh, on a mission to reunite. And so I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm super excited about this. Admittedly more excited about the back matter than the front matter. Um, But I love Shang-Chi and I I like Drake Pox. I'm willing to give it a shot. Well, Paul is always much more interested in the back than the front. We all know this (laughs) This is true. (laughs) (laughs) I I like some of the characters are throwing together here. So I think I'm going to give it a chance. I like Silk. I think they've done a Silk once she was introduced was not particularly good under Slots Run. Mm -hmm. But on her own title, she was written very well. And I kind of grew to like the character. So... The Greg Pak lineup is currently featured in the War of Realms miniseries uh, that, oh, that features that name. Yeah. Oh, the Greg um, Pak. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Greg Pak. So if you're interested in checking those characters out, you can actually see them right now. And as mentioned before, if you're a Marvel Unlimited Comicsology subscriber, you can get you that half off uh, on the uh, Comicsology site. I haven't done it yet, but I might now because I'm super excited about the uh, the Jeff Parker, you know, back matter, if you will. Yeah, I might so, check it uh, out if I can get it on on cheap for the cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to be fiscally responsible, Paul. Yeah. Well, yeah. Until next week. <laughs> What's happening next week, Paul? So next week is a huge comic week. So I'm going to tell you huge? what's coming out. It's it's huge. It's huge. huge. It's, you've never seen a comic week like it before. Yeah, you're um, going to get you, the, the the comic week week is going to be so winning. You're going to get tired of winning. You're going to get you're going to get tired of comics. Um, <laughs> so next week I'm going to tell you what's coming out from DC Comics uh, as well as the prices. Um, so first of all, Batman: Last Night on Earth from Scott Snyder and Gray Capullo. The new. Did you see the? Did you see the trailer that came out? It for that? is badass. It, it is badass. <laughs> I, I was like, I was not interested in it at all until I saw the trailer. I'm like, okay, I'm down. Yes, yeah. I'm in. So, um, if you haven't seen the trailer, go to our Instagram IOM Geek because I posted the trailer there. Um, it is awesome. And uh, so, Batman: Last Night on Earth, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo. It is a three-issue prestige format, which makes me really want to go buy a physical copy. But I won't. Um, I'll get it digitally uh, because I I loved those prestige format comics back in the day. But uh, issue one of three comes out next week, five ninety nine. All right, there's six bucks right there. Okay, six we're bucks. running the totals. Yeah, run the totals. Detective yeah. Comics Annual Number Two, um, which features Batman's return to the Black Case book, uh, written by Pete Tomasi, art by Travis Moore. Um, I'm actually interested in it. It features the return of. Uh, Batman's villain, the Reaper, for, from Batman mm-hmm. Year Two. Uh, so, Detective Comics Annual Number Two, four ninety nine. So we're up to eleven bucks. Eleven bucks. Oh no, wait, was that no five ninety nine? So we're up to ten bucks. I thought you said it was four ninety nine. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, eleven bucks. Math is hard, Paul. Jesus. 
I'm an English major. All right, 11 bucks. Also next week, Doomsday Clock number 10. Um, oh, wow. I've been wondering when the next Doomsday Clock was coming out. Yep. It's been so long, I forgot the Doomsday Clock was a thing. <laughs> um, this, this issue reveals the secrets behind Dr. Manhattan and his connection to the DC Universe from Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Four ninety nine. Okay, we're at $16. For three books. Uh-huh. Also next week from DC Comics. And these Here- are all DC, so you're not getting these half off. No. Uh, <laughs> Heroes in Crisis number nine, the concluding chapter of that series, uh, will feature the final reveal and answers for everything that we wanted to know in the series. The Fates of Booster Gold, Harley Quinn, uh, $3.99, Tom King, Clayman. So we're up to 20 bucks. Okay, 20 bucks. Okay. Also from DC Comics, and the last book that I wanted to mention, Superman, Leviathan Rising Special. Um, so this all, this, you know, it's the big launch of the Leviathan storyline. We've been, you know, dealing with the Leviathan Rising uh, story. I shouldn't say dealing. We've been reading the Leviathan Rising storyline in Action Comics. This um, tees up new series uh, from Jimmy. From so it's a preview of a bunch of distance, different series. Jimmy Olsen from Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber. Lois Lane from Greg Rucka and Mike Perkins, um, as well as you know ties into what's going on um, in in the Action Comics book. Uh, so Superman Leviathan Rising nine ninety nine. Shit, we're at thirty dollars now. We're at that 30 bucks. Jump. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so 30 bucks for five books next week. Wow. But they are now, all big releases, and I am excited about all of them. Anything worth a damn from Marvel next week? Not that I saw, actually. Uh, you know, what, what actually interested me, um, but I, once I read the description, I, I decided against it. Boom Studios is releasing Angel number one uh, from Brian Edward Hill. It's their new Angel ongoing series, which, you know, I used to love that Angel TV series. Just, yeah, you know, same the, here. the um, David uh, Boreanis. Um, uh, show, but it's a prequel uh, to the to the, to the to his appearance in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I'm like, uh, eh, less interested yeah, in no. that now. Thank you, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it had been a continuation, which we've seen, but you know, they, if it had just been something else, I think I would have been interested. But yeah, as as a prequel, nah, not my thing. So, so speak- Wayne. Speaking of oh, all these ahead. sales and uh, you know DC books, there was a book I wanted back in December. DC Nuclear Winter Special. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It was supposed to be a whole bunch of post-apocalyptic stories. It sounded really cool, but it was also ten bucks. I just picked it up for eighty-four cents. Yeah, you gotta love that. And I put it on my wish list, so that's kind of my go-to now. Does the wish list remind you? Uh, no, but when these big sales are in, I go over to the wish list and see what the prices are. See, that is what I what I love about Audible. When when you wish list something at, at Audible.com, it will tell you when it goes on sale. Yep. And that, I mean, I really do think that's that Comixology needs to adopt that. You know, given the fact that they're all owned by Amazon to begin with. I don't yeah, know why they're not so. using the same technology. But Wayne, I thought about you this week. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with in the shower. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with a company called Heroes Rebound, but what they do is they take uh, your old floppy comics and bind them into a hardcover book. Oh. You know, so they kind of make a a, a custom uh, hardcover for you. And uh, uh, I picked up the Fury of Firestorm, which contains the first. Uh, huge chunk of their comics. I think it's like the first 24 comics or something of Firestorm. And the reason why I mention it, because I, I always thought, I, I think that you like Firestorm, right? Uh, sometimes. Well, they've, it, it, ha, it includes, you know, uh, an original Firestorm sketch from Pat Broderick, the you know, original artist on the book. It's, it's just a gorgeous bound book. If you want to see a, an image of it, it's on my Instagram. 
but I love this this company. And if you're on Instagram, look up Heroes Rebound. Uh, you'll find their Instagram page, and they've always just got gorgeous books. And what I like about them is you can, if you've got books that are have never been collected before, uh, you can have them uh, bind them up for you. And they'll, they'll they'll you know treat it you know like a piece of art, and, and they're just gorgeous that way. And then you, you can have them include the ads if you want the ads as part of sort of a you know a historical look back as a as a slice of time kind of thing. You can change it up any any way you want to. I just really love this company. This is the the third of their books I own. I have not ever had them create something new for me until now. Uh, I am uh, having them do a Star Trek book, which I will talk about on our Star Trek podcast the next time we record Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, found right here on IO.com. Nice. I'm going to look up their prices because uh, when I think about all of the comics I have in floppies that I don't want to have in floppies there, uh-huh. there are some of them that I keep because they're not out digitally, particularly right. the 90s run of Sleepwalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I the idea of getting that in a hardcover that I would actually be able to reread. Oh, that just sounds amazing. Well, and I'm going to have uh, them put my Micronauts book. That's kind of, that's my next project after the Star Trek project. I'm, I'm having them do, I'm going to have them take my Micronauts floppies because the Marvel Micronauts have never been released digitally, have never been released collected. So anyway, more to come on these projects, and I'll post uh, pictures up on our Instagram pages as things develop. So, And our Instagram page, Paul, where can they find that? So that is IOMGeek on Instagram. We're also IOMGeek on Facebook and at Ideology Madness on Twitter. And you can give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the air, you'll win a coveted, valuable ideology of madness surprise. All right, folks. Well, we will talk to you next week. Hope you had a great Memorial Day. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.